Welcome to My First Time. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. relation. Uh, we do not have Ian Smith. I know, usually you say with us as always. Yeah, but tonight. related to me, not, not to Not related you. to me. Uh, Ian had a, a, you know, sort of an emergency. Not a, He's fine. He's fine. But um, Michael Ostrom, previous guest of the show. Yes. Uh, and master also, puppeteer. Master puppeteer. Yeah. And also neighbor. Yeah. My neighbor. Yeah. Of Mary Jo Smith. Yes. Swooped in. Yeah, I was watching the news. Superman yeah. yeah. to the Here rescue. So we now have Dr. <laughs> uh, Phones Ostrom. Dr. Ostrom. Yeah, okay, so you know who to blame. <laughs> and tonight we're talking about travel. Traveled with parents. Travel with parents. And for anybody who's listening to our podcast for the first time, welcome. These are terrible, hilarious, and wonderful tales about firsts. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for remembering that we need to say that. You're very welcome. Um, our guests today are, is it Stephen Kieran or Steve Kieran? Stephen. Well, because I always call you Steve. But... Which is fine too. But yeah, how about both? All right. It's Stephen Kieran. And uh, Chris Farah. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and Hal Rudnick. Glad to be here. So guys, uh, let's just go around. Uh, oh, and I forgot. Special guest, Teachith McClure. Ooh. Our producer, co-producer, and uh, fine art photographer who takes all the pictures and who inspired this trip, this topic, because of a trip he just took, which I won't say anything about, so he can say it later. Yeah. Although I'm sure it'll interrupt. Yeah, that's a promise. As you I can't always keep. do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, guys, let's just go around. Have you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Hal Rudnick, and uh, I am a comedian and a writer <laughs> and a host. Uh, like, just like there's a lot of hyphens, you know. You got you know, a lot of multi hyphen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of hats. Uh, favorite travel destination. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, aside from Glendale, California, the home of the Americana and the Galleria, I am a mall guy. Uh, You know what? I would say favorite that I've ever been to. Oh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, this is a little too cliche to say uh, Paris, France. Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, because that's a place that I've been to where I'm like, ooh, I could retire there. Oh, wow. I've been there twice, and I just love it. Great. Um, most random travel destination. Uh, I, uh, I I was uh, well. I, I was shooting something one time, and uh, we got to do some exotic travel. And I ended up in um, Ganchanaburi in Thailand, where the wow. bridge on the River Kwai is located. <laughs> wow, uh, Ganchanaburi. Yeah, because I was a bad guy in a kids action adventure movie. Sure you were. Uh, oh, yeah. so, uh, and I, I got to uh, go uh, to uh, the. Um, the bridge that links Thailand to uh, formerly uh, formerly Myanmar, Burma. Wow, yeah. Yeah. that's very cool. That's Thanks, very Tom. cool. Yeah. All right. All right, Lady Farah. Hi, I'm Chris. I also like do all the things because yeah, we all have to do all the things that you can't just do one thing in this no. town. Mm-hmm. What am I like? I'm like a content creator. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, whatever. Okay, so in my favorite, my, I do love Paris. I actually did a travel. I was gonna say Paris, but I um, studied abroad in Paris, and I did a couple weeks in. I'm gonna butcher this. Avignon. Avignon. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, like A V I G N O N. You know, whatever you do the math. Um, but I, <laughs> I loved it. It's like a medieval town with a theater festival that happens in the summer. It takes it over, and it's like completely walled. And there's a moat, and there's like two bridges, and it's otherworldly. So Stephen is nodding like you've been there. Yeah, you know, you I you can tell. I have been to a, a medieval. Ah, but you've heard of you. You said it right. I've been to medieval times dinner and not the same (laughs) thing. Really, not your turn. Queen. 
I'm Stephen, Kieran. <laughs> Emphasis Steve on the Steve Stephen? part. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I do the things as well. All the hyphens. All the things. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was also going to say Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and I will. Yes, no, um, say it. I can, I can throw a little special sauce, though, <laughs> around... Um, Fiosole, just above Florence. Oh, yeah. Fiosole. Stayed at a nunnery there for a short time, though our friends were staying. And so, yeah, it was a beautiful haunted nunnery. And then... Um, were the nuns there? Hmm? No. Well, yes Dead and no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Waking, sort of, <laughs> not knowing what was in the room or who. And uh, sister so-and-so from, yeah, Chuchene or something. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, the, uh, in Estonia, there's a, a museum, a plague museum, known, no lie, as Kick in the Cock. Ah, <laughs> we're going. We're Where you going. walk in and they oh go, welcome Ooh. to Kick in the Cock. And this is in t t Tallinn, I guess, is in Estonia. Uh -huh. So that's my most sort of exotic locale. But that, that particular museum, uh, we had just crossed the Gulf of Norway, and it was so bad that I was seasick throughout the entire day, oh. knowing we had to go back. Oh. And what a visiting. kick in the crack. Exactly. Kick in the cock. Kick in the cock, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, I'm T. Chick McClure, and oh. I have done the things also, um, but I am a photographer, um, and I, I think where I would really love to go before I kick off the earth would be going to see the Titanic under the ocean. Yeah, but this is oh. where you've been. No, she can <coughs> No, I can okay. say. Can most Don't stomp on my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> You're already, already interrupted. I'm already controlling. <laughs> Welcome to our relationship. dreams, <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, so I think that would be super cool. I don't know if I could deal with the two-hour um, descent to get there in a tiny little crushable yeah. submarine, oh, but yeah. um, that would be... Super cool. It would be cool. It would be super cool. Yeah, I'd have to get this. That, that, that sounds to me like getting a two-hour MRI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for fun, what's your most random travel destination? I'm trying to think of the most random place I've been. I, can't, I was, like, desperately trying to think while we everyone was talking, <laughs> and I knew it would have to be... It's actually part of my story. Oh, then save it. But I'll, I don't have to save it. It's oh. Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, there you go. It's Ooh. the most random place I've, I think I've ever been. Okay. I can't remember anything about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it southerny and like some sort of... I mean, no, it, it was okay. just sort of... Also, the town where they have Bonnaroo... Uh, oh, yeah. ...is very small, and there were a lot of Confederate uh, sculptures and the like. Oh, yeah. I found that to be a very odd town. Mm -hmm. My, I would have to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Salton Sea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I don't know how random it is because it's so close by, but um, but we stayed at a, we stayed in a, a motel that we're lucky to have left alive. And the room, <laughs> there was such a weirdly short room that when you took your shirt off of your head, your hands brushed the ceiling. It was very <laughs> weird. Ooh. It was very weird. Anyway, that's a, that's a tale for another day. So, um, Colleen. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off. Oh, tell us about your travel with parents. Um, so we traveled a lot when we were kids. We went on these big epic journeys across the the mainland. If you grew up in Hawaii, that's what you called it. But the first time I believe I the first time I remember traveling independently with a parent was I went with my dad to the speech national speech tournament in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh huh. <laughs> now. Uh, if you want to know how I got there and the plane ride, 
It is chronicled in grotesque detail mm -hmm. on the first time I did the grossest thing. Yep. When I period blooded in my pale jeans and <laughs> had to sit in my uh, very bloody jeans for about 14 to 15 yeah, hours of travel. Light-colored <laughs> jeans. So please go back and visit that if you want to know how I got to Fayetteville. I do, I do. Uh, but I was the only kid from my high school going to the National Speech Tournament, so my dad didn't want me to be there by myself, which is very sweet of him. Uh, I was probably 16, because okay. it was the summer between my junior and senior year. Okay. So my dad bought a ticket to come with me and be there, and then he would we would go on a trip afterwards. And initially, I had that thought of, Dad, you know, like... I mean, I didn't know a lot of these kids, but I'd gone to tournaments with them, so I assumed I'd just have hijinks and it would be great. Um, but then once I got there, you know, the, the bloody saga that led there, and uh, just kind of not doing great in the speech tournament, you know, not dazzling anyone with my humorous and terp, and <laughs> <laughs> moving on to uh, impromptu, which I had taken first in the state in, uh, in Hawaii, and I'm uh, I am a professional improviser. I teach people to improvise. I played an improviser on an episode of The Office. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just I didn't do well in that either. Uh, so I was just really kind of isolated and alone. And my dad being there was awesome. You know, he took me out to dinner one night, and uh, he was there at the tournament when I came out, and my strange clothes that made people think I was a teacher, and... Uh. <laughs> Wait, what were they? Yeah. I, I had fantasized about these yellow, these like bright yellow rayon pants that I had seen at a JCPenney's. Um, <laughs> They must have been inspired by the, you know, the swing trend that came back in the oh, late 90s. Oh, yeah. And I just, I remember watching Julia Roberts in the movie I Love Trouble. And she was in slacks and blouses and stuff. And slacks. I had the biggest problem of trying to style myself after adult women in movies, yeah. not teenage girls in movies. <laughs> so I pictured myself in these slacks looking amazing. And... They just didn't. And I don't even know how. I mean, I was a relatively thin kid. I think I had a nice-ish body. I just didn't know how to dress myself. Mm -hmm. And I think I wore a lot of my mom's clothing that had shoulder pads and stuff because why would a 16-year-old need a blouse? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the speech tournament ends, and uh, we embark on this road trip. And we, um, we drove from North Carolina through Virginia to Washington, D.C. And I... We were supposed to have grown up in Maryland. We, my parents had planned to stay there. The first, uh, I was three when we moved there and they were there for a couple years and we, they were supposed to just like live in Potomac. My dad was gonna work in DC, my mom was gonna work in DC. That was the, the plan. All their friends were there. And then we ended up moving to Hawaii. So going back there was this big nostalgic trip for my dad and for me, even though I didn't remember anything. So we drive through Virginia and uh, my dad only listened to jazz. <laughs> which I can't stand. And I listen to all jazz. all jazz. Me too. I can't take it. Ugh, like I feel elevator like jazz? Just like any like he listened to the good kind, like Thelodious Monk. Oh, like well, Coltrane. Yeah, Coltrane. Yeah, Coltrane. And I, there's that's, that's kind of like you know when people describe it where there's no beat and there's no bass and it moves yeah. around and it's like improv, improv but music. Yeah, I can't. The, 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 it just goes against you, what makes yeah. sense for you not to like it, Colleen. That's your music. And the I, I also hate. <laughs> 
jam bands. So it's just any kind of thing oh, where yeah. people are up there live creating music. Uh-huh. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. So uh, we settled on uh, oldies. So it's very, you know, nostalgic seeming, just driving through, listen to oldies during the summer. Um, so we get to Virginia, and what I love about this is all I remember about Virginia was my dad met an old friend. This woman, I remember her from my parents' wedding album as the the slutty oh. woman who looked like, at my dad like she wanted to sleep with him. <gasps> oh. At your parents' wedding. Yeah, there's a picture from their wedding album where she's wearing an olive green, you know, kind of shift short dress and she has her hand on her thigh and she's like holding a cocktail and she's looking up at my dad with this look. Hungry eyes. Hungry eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Hungry Eyes was also married to a man with a fake eye. My dad had a fake eye. So Hungry for real eyes. Your dad also had a fake eye? Yes. My dad was blown up in uh, Vietnam and uh, he lost a part of his face and he lost one of his eyes. So uh, we, and that actually, that's a good thing I said that because that will come back. So uh, <laughs> yes, the blowing up comes good back. Thing, yeah. So we went and met this woman and she was a delight. But then my dad <laughs> dropped me off at the hotel and then went back Ooh. to hang out with her. No, that's totally normal. He hasn't seen this woman. I'm a very tame teenager. You can leave me at the hotel. He's just going to spend more time with his friend he hasn't seen. With his hot, his hot friend. friend. Smoking uh, hot, smoking hot. Dress I mean, if by this time she was in her. I mean, I guess you can be hot in your fifties or sixties. Yeah, Thank Did you. Did your mom hate her? <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom really liked her, uh, and she and her husband were divorced. Mom, yeah. uh, but then once we did that, and I never asked my dad, like, "Did you cheat on mom?" Um, <laughs> we drove into DC, and we we saw the Smithsonian. We saw the is it the Hope Diamond that's in there, oh, which yeah. is really small. The pictures of the Hope Diamond are these posters where the Hope Diamond is the size of someone's head. So I assumed the Hope Diamond's a big deal because it's the size of someone's head. And when you get up to it, it's the size of a diamond. I mean, um, the Mona Lisa, also kind of small, hashtag Paris, France. (laughs) And the Mona Lisa is also (laughs) underwhelming when you see it. But it's an odd thing because it's the it's like the Mona Lisa. It's the longest line. I mean, you, yeah. it's it's yeah. circle, and you look through this tiny little glass thing, and you're like, oh, it's just a diamond. Seems like you hoped it would be bigger. Hello. Oh, <laughs> you know what else I hate besides jazz? <laughs> so we had a great time. Uh, it was really fun. It was also the first time on a vacation with my father where I was out walking him because he's six six, and we were constant. You know, he's constantly with children and my slow mom and. It was always a you know a thing, and now it's like, Dad, keep it up. There's no excuse. Mom's not here to walk slow. Uh, but my favorite, absolute favorite part of it um, was we went out uh, for crabs on one of those tables where yes. the table is a butcher block and stuff. It's the first time I've had Old Bay seasoning in my entire life. Mm. We had bibs. We sat there, and my dad <laughs> eating and sucking Old yes, Bay. The best. Crabs, crabs, crabs. But um, my favorite part about it was my dad told me the story of the one of the times he'd been in one of these restaurants, and maybe even that exact restaurant was, when he was in Walter Reed after being blown up in Vietnam. So he was blown up and basically woke up a month later in Walter Reed Hospital in, in D.C. So he was unconscious and shipped back home. Wow. And he was in a ward with a bunch of injured uh, vets, and he had his jaw wired shut for several months, and you know they took his rib out and built his face back up and all this stuff and they had skin grafts and everything and my dad is one of those people that has 
has a lot of had a lot of damage because he wouldn't let himself deal with his grief, but he had that like don't feel sorry for yourself, suck it up kind of thing. And he had all these stories of like one guy who was in horrible pain and he needed his Demerol and he got a shot in his butt and the guy's like, that's not Demerol because they injected saline. So then they injected water, which stings. And I guess Demerol stings when it goes in and the guy felt better. I don't know. It was one of his favorite stories to tell. <laughs> um, but he had this other story of this guy who was missing, I think, an arm or a leg or maybe both was feeling really bad for himself and some guy wheeled up with missing all of the things and was like, hey man, how you doing? And it made this guy suck it up and get over his grief Whoa. of losing limbs. But he said there was this one day where they kind of broke out of the hospital and they all went to this table of like 20 uh, injured, mangled Vietnam veterans, like from the hospital mangled. And just had this giant uh, crab dinner with like beer and crabs and mallets. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, mm -hmm. and I think there was probably some other hook to the story, but I just remember the image of that and thinking like just how lovely that would be. And I, and, and also, this is what I would say about this topic whether you have a good experience or a bad experience with your parents, that's especially because my dad died um, not super long after that. I mean, a few years later, but when I was pretty young. Uh, it's my it's my time. It's my thing I have with my dad, which is very precious to me. And that's my story. Oh. That was great. All right. How? Wait, Chris, did you have something you wanted to say? No. Okay. Uh, Hal Rudnick. <laughs> why not? Hi. <laughs> oh, hi, Hal. Oh, hey, Mary Jo. Hi. Thanks for coming. Oh, uh, thanks for having You're me. Journey champion. <laughs> Doing it. Um, so when I, when I think of travel with uh, a parent or parents, so many of our family vacations were around traveling to see uh, whatever sports team my dad wanted to see uh, play. Huh. And uh, the, on, like much to the chagrin of my mother, all of our family vacations were either to Minnesota <laughs> to see the Minnesota Twins sure. baseball, baseball team play, even though we're from New Jersey. Or um, also there was a trip to um, uh, glamorous, exotic Detroit, uh -huh. Michigan, uh, to see the Detroit Red Wings hockey team play at the Joe Louis Arena in downtown Detroit. And Can I get times of year in these cold, cold yeah. Oh, yeah. well, hockey hockey cold. season is yeah. uh, winter time. Yeah, yep. Uh, yep. Yep. It was <laughs> yeah. so, so cold, spring, snowy Detroit baseball spring summer. <laughs> and like, you know, as a kid, I I loved uh, these baseball vacations. But I can only imagine my mom, she was a she was a trooper. She uh <laughs> she, she's like uh, the type of uh, uh, She's the type of Jew who's like, uh, don't worry, I'm fine. I don't, like, I'm do you want to come in? I'm okay, I can stay outside. <laughs> do, you want, do, 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 do you want something to eat? No, I, I'll pick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ate a week ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, there, and these trips started when, in the in the 70s when I was an infant my my dad uh, took us to Minnesota and he got written up in the paper as being um, a Minnesota Twins fan from New Jersey he was written up in like the Minneapolis Star and Tribune <laughs> he was and then he always had friends and that's a long drive why oh why we, we no we would fly oh, usually okay. um, I have like vague recollections. <laughs> 
of sitting in planes with a smoking section. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and question yeah. Why was your dad a Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota Twins baseball <laughs> uh-huh. fan, sure. Uh, it was because the when he was growing up, he was a fan of the Washington Senators baseball team, made famous in the musical Damn Yankees. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever Lola wants. Yeah, whatever Lola wants, Lola that. gets. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw that on Broadway, uh, and Lola was played by... Uh, Cheers's Baby Newworth. Oh, oh she's got yeah. some pipes. Yeah, yeah. That's the real deal. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jerry Lewis played the devil. Oh my god! In Damn Yankees. Oh, what a great production. Yeah. <laughs> Typecasting. But anyway, sorry to regale you with stories of Broadway. This is about our trip. Uh, but yeah, the, the the senators moved to Minnesota, and my father kept his allegiance. Wow. And he was such uh, an insane fan that. He would call into the radio station that was playing the Twins game, the radio station in Minneapolis, on our landline phone, and it, we would accrue these five hundred or seven hundred dollar phone bills because he would sit there listening to the broadcast. If, you can't see me, but I picked up my cell phone to, <laughs> to show people what listening to a phone is like. Um, or he put it on speakerphone. Um, WCCO in Minneapolis listening to Herb Carneal, the voice of the Minnesota Twins, and uh, th- we these phone bills would be outrageous. And, what was he um, calling for? What, what's that? Oh, just oh, so we could listen. just listen to the... Because we were in New Jersey oh um, my God. and we couldn't get the, the station, and then he was also a fan of the Detroit Red Wings hockey team, and we'd sit there. He would make me under duress sit in the family room listening to the game on a boombox radio. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to go. I want to go in my room and play with my toys. I want to go outside. No, sit down. We're listening to the game. Um, yep. So, just well, a couple of those came. Oh, he didn't give a shit. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he had to pay for him. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was like, it's all right. That's, I yeah, it's, it's a longer story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so these these trips, these many trips. Um, we I remember one of the great memories of my childhood was going to uh, the 1987 World Series. Oh. Um, and I was 13 years old, and the Minnesota Twins were playing the St. Louis Cardinals, and we were in Minneapolis for all four of the home games. Wow. So, so we were in Minneapolis. There were two games in Minneapolis, three games in St. Louis, and then two more games in Minneapolis. While they were in St. Louis, uh, we just stayed in the hotel and watched the games on the TV. <laughs> and my mom was there the whole time. She was just, oh, just a dutiful soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but they're all older oh, and man. half siblings. They're all at least ten years older. Okay. Uh, what did your dad do for a living? Um, so my dad was a uh, he was a concert producer, and then um, <laughs> he was a professional gambler. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the obsession with the teams? I was going to ask. No, <laughs> he wouldn't bet on sports. He, oh. he would just take his, his father was very wealthy. So my dad just gambled his dad's money. Oh, yeah. like poker and blackjack? Yeah, in Atlantic City. Oh, a lot of our trips. Oh, <laughs> that opens up. You just um, um, had me uh, flashback to. Uh, I had a breakthrough just now. So, no, so many of our trips were also. If it wasn't to visit sports teams, it was to Atlantic City, <laughs> where my father would give me twenty dollars of in, to go play video games while he sat on the tables. 
and uh, just let it ride. Um, <laughs> With his father's money. Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. My father's money at some point. Yeah, yeah, my father, uh, much like Donald Trump, my father irresponsibly handled his father's money. <laughs> um, and uh, my, my father won and lost hundreds of thousands, maybe like millions of dollars uh, gambling. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, Do you ever play with kooky him? stuff. Do you ever go to Vegas and play with him? Uh, no, no. Um, now uh, he's uh, he he lives uh, in the sky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, like some sort of penthouse? Uh, yes, in a, just like the Jeffersons <laughs> in a deluxe yeah, apartment yeah. in the sky. Uh, that, that's uh, yeah. But uh, I, I know I'm jumping all around here. Oh, but when we were at the World Series, my father got mugged. Oh, um, yeah. So he was. Okay, so another thing about him, he would carry wads of cash, of like thousands of dollars in cash, um, and he took out his wallet, which had thousands of dollars, like, like all the money he brought on the trip, which was like, like literally like eight thousand dollars in cash. Yes, in one place. Yes, oh, and he took it out and he bought a program, and then uh, as uh, as we were walking, um, someone draped themselves over my dad's back and another guy went to grab his wallet and my dad when the guy draped himself over my dad he thought the guy was having an attack or something <laughs> and like a heart like, like yeah like what's happening and then but they grabbed his wallet and it went up in the air oh. yeah and money went everywhere like <laughs> seen from a movie my father gathered it and then these two um runners <laughs> Chased down the guys Whoa. and caught them, but uh, they ended up going free because we would have had to fly back to Minnesota <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> there wasn't a game. Yeah, yeah, baseball season yeah. was over, yeah. so like not professional worth runners it. who were just like running. Yeah, they were just like I mean, I like was like twelve. I just remember, yeah, they were there were these runners caught the robbers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, Yes, the Twins won the World Series. That was one of the great memories of my childhood. Brought tears to my eyes. Wow. Um, Don Baylor hitting uh, um, an important home run. And then my favorite players, Kent Herbeck and Kirby Puckett. I love Kirby Puckett. Oh, yeah. What a great name. Yeah. yeah. He was a a stocky little hero, yeah, in in Minnesota. Stocky little hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a Hall of Famer. Then, yeah, uh, we went on a trip. Um, my father and one of my older brothers to see, um, yeah, to Cooperstown to see Kirby Puckett get inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, so uh, another Isn't that in Louisville. <clears throat> no, no, that's where they make Louisville Sluggers, the oh. baseball bats. I have been to oh, yeah. the see the, the giant Louisville Slugger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Louisville yeah, Louisville Slugger, the bold headlights. Uh-huh. You know, I have my own pop culture baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that like Shania Twain? That was what? Carrie no. Oh, Carrie Underwood. Sorry, Hal. Oh, yeah, We're no, hijacking no. your story. No, Go. no, no. I, I I love a good reference. Um, <laughs> seasoning on the cast. Over. Yeah. Um, do you still so, love baseball? Oh, I do. I, I still love baseball. I play. F- I just won my fantasy baseball Ooh. league. Ooh. Uh, so uh, that that's uh, yeah. Some. Uh, what? I had a great weekend a couple of weeks ago because I got engaged and won my fantasy baseball wow. league in the same week. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you. Um, oh, one other uh, notable memory from th- these trips with my parents: the uh, we were going to Detroit to see the Red Wings. 
I don't know how my father chose this hotel, but we stayed in a shitty motel with uh, like truckers and sex workers mm. in downtown Detroit. It was it was a straight up shitty motel, and we were a suburban family from New Jersey. Like we like that's not the type of hotel that you sure. book for a vacation, but. Then again, this was pre-travelocity. Yeah, right. You no know, no orbits. No. Um, uh, back in those days, but uh, yeah, I re- uh, I remember like I remember my mom and I just like like pe- like looking at each other. Like, <laughs> Where are we? And uh, <laughs> oh, and I remember my mom and I being like walking past a bus stop, and um, just a. Uh, like a, a a weathered gentleman, uh, just like just calling out to my mom, and my mom not turning around and walking. But the, this weathered gentleman was saying, "Hey, Mrs. Mrs. Hey, Mrs." <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- th- these uh, th- these trips uh, with my parents. I mean, but it. You know, my, my dad with with all his gambling and everything, there was a, a lot of ups and downs. But we, us bonding over sports, um, that sports and old movies. Uh, even though uh, being a fan of the team started under duress and having to uh, listen uh, on a uh, scratchy radio in uh, in our family room, but. Uh, or listening over the phone. It was uh, <laughs> some of my best memories. I mean, being being a kid and seeing your team win the World Series. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time. And my dad had all these weird relationships with uh, people on the teams as well. Like he, he knew them or just... Yeah. Oh. Like uh, in my childhood, he was friends with the Minnesota Twins bullpen coach, this guy named Rick Stelmazic. <laughs> oh he's such a great name. He uh like he was a guy who played like a couple of years in the major leagues, a lot a lot of time in the minors, and uh he would always get us like great seats and uh so my father just through his persistence, his sheer <laughs> persistence, um, became friends with these uh folks and uh yeah, it was uh, my, my childhood was fil- is filled with all of these just little patches of memories from uh, all these trips. That's awesome! Yay! All right, Chris. Hi. Uh, that just move it towards like right in front of my face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like not toward, like not aimed towards. Yeah, you're good. Perfect. Okay, good. Um, so <clears throat> just you, uh, just just to set up some stuff, I was raised by my dad only child um my parents got divorced when i was six and um my dad got full custody of me and i'm also syrian lebanese christian um interesting yeah full syrian lebanese technically the christian I'm, part that's yeah that's the interesting part yeah. i mean not that muslims aren't interesting in fact you are very interesting <laughs> it's just that most people don't even know there's like even arab christians and um there is and predominantly in lebanon and some in syria and some in Palestine, and, um, well, no more, pal- moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, love it so much. So, but I've never been. I'm full, and I had never been before. And my dad's kind of a character. He um, lives in Newport Beach. He's a wealth manager. He, like, likes to drive around fancy cars and, you know, like, bob around town. He's like a little mayor of New- of Newport Beach. He's not actually the mayor. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
but he's like that kind of person. So What's everyone knows name? him. Mike Farah. Mike yeah. Farah. Also, weirdly, a person in Hollywood who like we oh, sometimes yeah. do come that the CEO of Funny or Die. Yeah, it's weird that I like anyway. Um, <laughs> and also, a, that person has a brother named Chris Farah, and that's yeah. also my name. And also, I am related to them. It's on my mom's side. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> no, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we will. Um, so anyway, so I traveled a lot with my dad growing up because it was just us. And we did all these things that he wanted to do because he was paying for it. And I'm, my dad, and I'm a little girl, so I'm not like, you know. We went to this Disney World once, but like pre- predominantly we went to New York and Hawaii. Yeah. Like just kind of, you know, because that's where he wanted to go. And he loves theater. Uh, he's like, I mean, yeah, he loves musicals like old town old hollywood musicals and like loves the history loves broadway like so much more than you think like a straight man would loves <laughs> loves it okay more than i mean more than me and i like do it now um sometimes <laughs> we did a lot of broadway trips and like that was i think that was like my version of how story of having special moments with my dad instead of sports it was like watching broadway um but anyway that's not what the story's about. So, sorry about it. Um, <laughs> my dad in like, my dad in 2004 or five had, had organized a group of his friends to go to Lebanon. And he like, he's like a tax man and like a business guy. So he put it under like a, a group called the Lebanese Chamber of Commerce, a, new, a North American chapter. And it was just like him and like his friends like going around to like different spots in Lebanon. Okay. But it was a great trip. He like organized all these like sightseeing things. And I heard about this trip for years. I think it was in college or something I couldn't go. Fast forward, he's doing it again. It's fall 2013. And he's like, do you want to come? I mean, yes, I do want to come. I have never been. And it's weird to be like a culture, I think, that's like so small or not around or not pervasive to like a larger American culture and then have never been like surrounded by those people or yeah. like see the writing, all that stuff. Being Lebanese, by the way, couldn't be better. Like I love my culture. Like the food is great. Like obviously hummus and tabbouleh is like having a thing and that's from Trader yeah. Joe's. But like low key, <laughs> have you tried like kibbe or imjadara? Yes. If you haven't, yes. get, no. yeah. get to you and I'll tell you where to go in LA. Um, so, so, and also the music is great, and like my mom, my grandmother was a Lebanese singer, and like she, that always like made me feel like connected to the music, and she used to always be like, "You have to cry the song," you know, like that was her thing, which I also kind of think like maybe like Sam Smith's like grandmother also said to him because like he cries, you know, mm-hmm. when he sings, Ooh. not really, but kind of, you know. Um, you, so you sing. Well, don't obviously. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit. Why, from my Carrie Underwood moment? Yeah. No, I can get done the karaoke mic. Don't worry. All right. Um, but anyway, um, so excited to go to Lebanon. And, um, but I want to get, like, my cousin Monique to go. I'm the only child, and he's going to bring a bunch of his friends, and I'm, like, needing, like, one more person, like, my age. And so I, like, go to Runy with my cousin Monique, and she's, like, my sister. We're, like, first cousins, very close. And I'm, like, hiking up Runy, and I'm, like, girl, you have to go. You don't even know. Beirut is, like, Las Vegas. It is, like, <laughs> you're going to wear, like, you're going to see girls just, like, head-to-toe sequins. And it's going to be, like, rooftop bars. And, by the way, like, don't you, like, once, like, don't you, like, know, like, some Lebanese rugby player that you met somewhere and she did and she was like oh yeah and she like envisioned like I did like us just like being glittery heels like at bars <laughs> and we were like down for it I pack I buy all these new clothes it's like 2013 so at this time it's like peplum heavy in the women's fashion okay it was like peplum dresses and peplum shirts I had peplum socks like so many peplums <laughs> I pack we board it's 
we're going to go to Beirut for a couple of days and then have a, a Paris layover, which, as you have guessed, we're all big fans of here. And oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, you know, Paris too. Um, 10 hours to Paris, four hours to Beirut. We land in the middle of the night. It's like my dad, me, my cousin Monique, and like 30 of his friends. <laughs> we get off the plane, you know, like my dad is like leading the charge, like through the Beirut airport and like, you know, like administrators come and like they want to ask him some questions and like I'm looking around it's like everything is like in Arabic and it's like so foreign and like smells weird I'm like so into it I'd only been to European <laughs> countries whatever so they pull him to like a different room they like separate him that's weird but like whatever I get my like luggage and it's like I'm so tired it's like and I talk to like the travel agent like oh they're just asking some questions like some paperwork you have a very large group I'm like sure whatever I get on this bus honey like and with my cousin Monique we're like rolling our suitcases on that bus oh we get to the hotel it's beautiful it's called the Phoenician if you ever stay in Beirut I highly recommend it it's absolutely gorgeous <laughs> next morning I get up one of the things was told to me that the Phoenician has like a buffet breakfast in the morning it is the craziest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. It's just like five-star luxe buffet. Ever, but, but like beyond anything, like pastries and cheese and like pastries like with cheeses on them and like <laughs> the strongest coffee. And like I am like, it is like Christmas morning. Whoa. I'm getting there. Monique and I are eating. I'm like looking around and like the travel agent is like staring at me. I think that's weird. I'm like, I look around, my dad is like, not there, like not, at, like, not at the table with his friends or like that, or like not definitely coming up and saying hi to me, it's a daughter, it's only daughter, only, it's my, it's, I'm his daughter, so, uh, they pull me, like, they come, like, the travel agent comes over, and, and I'm like, where's my dad, and he's like, oh, just like, there is some <clears throat> confusing things, like some paperwork, he ended up having to spend the night at the airport, and I was like, what? It's weird, what? Where? <laughs> What do you mean spend the night of the Where is he sleeping? There's like the conveyor belt. Where would he be sleeping? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, don't even worry. It's like, this is Lebanon. Like, we're going to meet up later. He's going to meet up worry. later with like, this is Lebanon. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. I wish I hadn't been. I was just, but I didn't, I wish I had asked more questions and asked, been more like, what the hell's happening? But I was like, just too, I don't even know what the word is, scared ignorant, naive, just like... And your dad's American thing. Yeah. from Lebanon. He's not Lebanese who moved to America. Right. Correct. Okay. In fact, his mother was born in a boat coming from Syria, but oh my, my dad God. doesn't even speak Arabic. Okay. I speak more Arabic than my dad, and I speak which means, like, if you're an Arab, you know what I mean, which is I speak, like, hardly any Arabic. Um, <laughs> so... We go, it's like the first day is like museums, museum touring or whatever. And like some of his friends are looking at me and like, you know, be like, where's your dad? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Why do you think I know? I don't know. You know, I wish I did know. <laughs> don't know. So. And um, they weren't questioning you? They were questioning me. Okay. And I had two travel agents that I was like, where's my dad? And they're like, oh, he's like, he wants you to just like keep going on this. Like he's like, in, he's fine. He's going to meet up with you later. I'm like, okay. So. The next day comes, he's still not there. Okay. So then I'm like, his friends, obviously, the people on this trip are like, where is your dad? And I'm like, I do not know, A, and B, like, I wish I did know Aunt Janice because I would tell you I'm not, like, hiding him in the room. Like, and I'm freaking out. And then there's the second thing that is, like, told to me, which is that there has been an identity mix-up. 
And that is why my dad is doing, because like they thought he was someone else. Turns out my last name, Farah, is the Smith of the Middle East. Mm. Okay, oh. very common, honey, very. In fact, weird story, just very sun tangent, my mother's maiden name was Farah, even though my dad's name was Farah, my dad's Syrian, my mom's Lebanese and Palestinian, just like very common, two Smiths marrying. Okay, so that makes sense a little bit, okay, but why would it take so long? This wouldn't be taking this long. I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Like, you have, you have an ID. This is an American citizen. Like, I'm on the phone with the consulates. I'm on the phone with the embassies. Literally, what it's just told to me is like, this is Lebanon. The courts end. The courts close at 3 p.m. So no one gets anything done. They drink. I'm like, I, I, okay. So, all right. I'm losing my mind. I'm so scared. My cousin Monique doesn't even know what to do. I'm crying as I'm touring the cedars of Lebanon. Wow. I'm crying at the Khalil Gibran Museum. I'm crying when I'm dancing the Debki like at a Huffley. <laughs> I am crying when like I throw up like on a very windy road out of like the Byblos area. I'm like throwing up and crying on myself in this bus. His friends don't even know what to do. They feel really, really, really bad. It's two days before we're supposed to leave. And then <laughs> the real story gets told to me. So when my dad had that, this is what happened. When my dad had that trip in 2002 with a North American version of the Lebanese Chamber of Commerce, uh -huh. he had angered a man who ran the Lebanese Chamber of Commerce in Lebanon. And that man and my father ended up having a very angry phone call when these egotistical Arab men were in their own spaces. My dad's in America now, this man is in Beirut, and they're just like yelling at each other, like, those stupid, and my dad's like, you're dumb, you know, whatever it is. So that man ends up suing my dad in Lebanese court for copyright infringement. But my dad's never served. He this is he didn't know about oh. it. Didn't know about it. A judgment comes down against my dad's like twenty thousand blah bitty blue dollars, whatever they have in that country. Um, that I love, that I very much love, and um, <laughs> still love it. I'll never go back. But um, he so judgment comes down. My dad doesn't pay it. My dad doesn't know about it. So there's a warrant. For his arrest but this is in 2004 and now 2013 and he like steps foot on Lebanese soil and they arrest him oh, oh my okay. god so two days before we're supposed to leave yeah. they're like this is what it is but it's fine he the judge I the judge is going to like have a special hearing you can come to the courthouse with your cousin you can see him I'm like oh my god thank god I walk into this courthouse honey I'd never seen my dad my dad is like very shaven. He's like kind of like not metero, but kind of like he's like flashy and likes you know like he likes to take care of himself. You know, I've never seen my dad with any facial hair, like none. He looked like a friendly homeless person. I don't know what to say. I like he looked like a crazy scientist, you know. But like <laughs> instead of inventing things, was like weirdly happy, and he, he was happy because he was outside. Because he had spent nine days like four levels beneath ground in the airport jail, which I'll... Oh, my God. So, the, so, so I see him, huh, I'm, like, crying. He's, like, very happy, and he's, like, still trying to keep it chill. He's, like, you got to keep it chill. Like, my dad is very into appearances, and so, like, that's why it's, like, impressed upon me that I have to now be the hostess of these people that are his friends, and I have to, like... There's a that's the relationship I have with my dad is that he's like a you know he does his thing and I'm kind of sometimes his spokesperson when it comes to his friends and Arabs and this or other things he likes to do which is polo that sounds weird but it's like things that he <laughs> things that he like I'll go to his things and I'll be like his little spokesperson. So I know that that's my relationship with him. So it's like that's why I'm like I gotta keep it up. I gotta go. I gotta like <laughs> you know whatever it is. I tell all his friends what's happening. And two of his best friends, his male friends, are just like, oh, that sucks. I go to visit him. I think they're going to stay. But everyone just leaves. Everyone just leaves wow. Beirut. So now Monique Ooh. and I are by ourselves. 
We know my dad is like basically fine, but he's not out of jail yet. And I'm like, girl, call that Lebanese rug play rugby player. Mm -hmm. So she calls a Lebanese rugby player and we go and have like one night at Zaytuni Bay, which is like a bay area. It's like Zaytuni means olives, olive in <laughs> Arabic. So it's like olive bay is what, it, what I'm saying to you. Um, and then he gives us a little hash. Mm -hmm. I needed to smoke the hash. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I can't even like, so we go back to the room and we're in this five, we're like in this lux suite, like, you know, the, the Lebanese guy leaves, whatever. My cousin and I are like smoking this hash. We're like finally chill. We like order room service. So it's like almost normal. And then we like notice on our balcony if there's like security cameras. Honey, we freak out. We're now paranoid and we're like, oh my God, that Claire Danes movie, we're going to be like locked away like in a foreign yeah. country. Like, no dad, you know, like we, we throw, like we flush the beautiful Lebanese hash down the toilet. I feel so bad. Um, and then the next day, we go to, Monique has an older, an aunt there. So we go to hang out with them. We're like driving through the town, the city of Beirut. And it's like shanties and skyscrapers hmm. next to each other. Mm. There's like 18 year old armed guards on every street corner. And by guards, I mean boys, you know, it's like beautiful and horrible. It is like the ruins of what was the Paris of the Middle East. Mm. You know, but after civil wars and many wars, it's like, this is what we're left with. Like, but the culture exists in the ruins, which is like such a metaphor for how Arabs have to live in this modern world, which is, I wish my culture, I wish like, I wish that area would just like come to peace and they've had so much unrest, but like, that's what it is all the time. Anyway, so um, my dad gets let out uh, and we get a phone call that he's out, finally out. And we like drive back to the hotel. We go up to the presidential suite, which is where he has booked his, we, he was supposed mm. to be staying the whole time and they kept the room for him. It was like $10,000 a night. Right. He's there, he's already shaved, already whatever. We're like, Monique and I are like, tell us everything, tell us everything. <laughs> and he literally puts his mouth, he puts his finger to his lips, like, shh, I'm telling you a secret, and just points up to his room because he thought it was bugged. Wow. Wow. So, Okay. So then we're like, get, get us out. We, we don't get to have a layover in Paris because we had now spent 10 days in Beirut. Except for a minor hiccup in which we got into, like, uh, we were leaving Beirut. My dad's um, passport was confiscated right as we were getting onto the plane for Ugh. Paris. And, you know, like, for a moment, Monique and I were like, oh, it's gonna, all going to happen again. We're going to be stuck here. But no, it's fine. He gets in. We go to Paris. I, like, for the first time, like, I step foot on Paris soil, and I'm not like, oh my god, I can't wait to go shopping at Rue Fumofitar. I can't wait to like have a drink at a hotel coast Like, I'm just like, oh my god, I, my dad's fine. I'm fine. We're like, back to like at least to me like a something that is comfortable to me, where I understand how life yeah. works or laws work, or I feel like at least empowered in some way to like say something, which I I could have been empowered maybe at the time in Beirut, but I didn't feel that way for whatever reason. Mm. Oh, because okay. your dad's in jail. So. My dad's in jail. I don't speak the language. I'd never been to like a country that wasn't like. <laughs> and how old were you? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't. She doesn't want to say it. Right. Right. Okay. No, I'm fine. I was like 32. <laughs> I was like 32 or 33. I just started dating someone. I couldn't even. I but it, I said I had just started dating someone. I couldn't even call him and tell him what was happening. I didn't know how to say it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It would have been too awkward. Like, hi, it's like me. We've been dating for two weeks. By the way, my dad was arrested. I'm in Lebanon. Anyways, so what's happening with you? Um, <laughs> So let me say this, or I'll, I'll wrap it up. I have no idea how long it was taken. I love you That's so okay. much. <laughs> so I wish I could tell. I wish I had like a better experience. And everyone asks me like, "Have you been to Beirut?" When they found out I'm Arab, and I'm like, "No." 
or yes. And sometimes I say no because I don't want to talk about this. Ooh. And sometimes I say yes, and I'm like, it was a beautiful country. Can't wait to go back. You know, and sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, I did. And my dad was arrested, and I had the worst time. Yeah. Um, I want to say that I'll go back, and I, I maybe will at some point, but I just went to Dearborn, Michigan, which also randomly is like the largest population of Lebanese people in yeah in or like yeah in america safety safe nice america like speaks my language america look i'm not saying america's great i guess some people are on the way to making it great who knows but like i'm just saying in this moment i was very happy to be amongst arabs in a where i was like oh my dad's gonna be arrested but dearborn's great i went to an arab american museum i saw a picture of my grandfather who like owned a market in this museum it made me so happy the other thing i wanted to do in syria is buy gold bracelets which are bangle Bengals, you might hear, um, or see on someone's arm. I didn't get to do it in Lebanon because my dad was in prison and I can't spend $3,000 by myself. But in Dearborn, <laughs> he bought me bracelets. So Aww. now I feel like a real Lebanese lady. Anyway, that's it. I'll travel with my dad again, and I'll be around Arabs again. I just like prefer to be with my dad and Arabs like in America. Or, or Dubai? Yo, or Dubai. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Stephen Karen. Stephen Hi. Karen. Hi, you guys. <laughs> wow, I'm still processing that last story. Really <laughs> something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no one asked me any questions. I was like, that's good. This is your own yeah, yeah, that's why. That's why. So it's interesting. I, I our family, we, we grew up, uh, we, we grew up kind of, kind of rough, you could say. <laughs> uh, tell more. Well, I will tell more. I, I, <laughs> My family kind of blew up at a very young age uh, for different reasons. My mother was from Jersey City, yeah, very, sure. you know, a very tough girl from the streets. My dad was from the deep country, you know, Ramona, South Dakota, and <laughs> and uh, you know, a soldier, you know, a very. A, my father was a very tough guy, you know. You could never show emotion. He was a he was a tough Irish guy with a bunch of bunch of brothers. The, the Kieran side of the family there were thir <laughs> thirteen kids. You know. Because of the farm, you know, they grew up on a farm, and so and uh, and Catholicism, and that yeah, that that too, right? Labor and Catholicism will do it. That's year. right. Those two, it's just a perfect storm. So, <laughs> so yeah, we we grew up in a way that that there was a lot of there was a lot of fighting, there was a lot of violence, there was a lot of drinking, hard drinking, and on my father's side of the family, a lot a lot of drinking to death, you know, a lot of fighting. Mm. So there, there was, uh, it was very, uh, and my mom, Irish too, the Devlins, you know. So it was very, very interesting. Uh, so when we, when I heard the theme tonight, it's like my sisters, my older, my tough Irish sisters, they kind of, in some ways, they, they kind of ended up sort of being my parents in some ways, especially when my parents finally split up. My dad was living in his office uh, with a pistol <laughs> next to in, in the bottom drawer of a filing cabinet. You know, and my and my mom eventually we were trying to hold it together on the edge of town, and my mom eventually took off. She had a breakdown and just took off. And so by this time, I was living with my old my older sister Sheila, and then our older older sister had already run away, Lisa. And so what happened? <clears throat> once and how old were you? I was eleven. Okay. Yeah, Sheila was thirteen, and Lisa was nineteen. Lisa again had already run away from home. And um, we were not allowed to use her name in the house. Ah. It was mm. that bad, my mom. It was like, that was not, not allowed, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so Lisa, believe it or not, when my mom took off and we were now living, Sheila and I were just kids. 
11 and 13 living in a condominium on the edge of town we we didn't know what to do school had just ended like for the summer and mom sort of timed her breakdown that way you know it's like <laughs> awesome and we didn't know where she was you know we didn't know which is an odd feeling yeah. we, we we found out later she was in galveston and and uh with her her friend gloria she went to gloria and yeah so <laughs> which is what you do it was sure. i don't know it was a very a very jersey thing you know she's just, <laughs> just friends for life so so what happened is lisa came around in this beat up Dotson back when there were Dotsons <laughs> and she said pack she just said pack and we didn't know what that meant or how long we were going to be gone and so Sheila and I we just sort of packed and I got in the back because I was small and they sort of packed around me and we left one morning very early like four in the morning from that we were down in <laughs> Down in Mission Viejo, mm. which at the time was known as the California Promise. <laughs> oh, yeah. what yeah. does that even mean? Yeah, well, yeah, well, in our family, yeah, it was just that was this. It was like, yeah, this is the suburbs, and this is, and we, and it was out. But then out, there was nothing out there. There was nothing out there. Around. South Orange County, yeah. Yeah, way. I mean, it was like Lion Country Safari was over there. There were like hippos and shit. And, you know, <laughs> So we ended up driving up and meeting my dad at Otto's Pink Pig, like this this bar that was open at like it was, I remember the sun was not up and it was just somewhere off of Van Nuys Boulevard, and my dad met us there, it, not in the restaurant part, like in the bar part, you know, and we and Lisa's nineteen years old, and Dad takes a wad of money out, <laughs> and he put pushes it across the table and he says to Lisa go to Jack. Ooh. And so my dad, like he said, had a lot of brothers, you know, there was Sid and there was Dick and there was Uncle Jim and there was, uh, you know, th th there was Uncle Mike. So th there were a lot of different brothers, but, but my dad's hero was fucking Uncle Jack. You know? <laughs> and Jack was the guy that would show up in like a rainstorm <laughs> <laughs> at midnight, no lie, like, <laughs> light flashing off his face and saying, I gotta stay here for a couple of days. <laughs> you know, so Jack would stay for a couple of days, no questions asked. You know, my mom would like make him a drink and you know, my dad, no questions asked. So Jack was living up in, at the time in Port Angeles, Washington, on the border. Oh. You know, up there near the can you know, Canada, Canadian border. <laughs> How non-threatening that border is, but it sounds. Well, I mean, Jack, it was always this sort of looking over the shoulder thing, and again, no questions questions asked because, man, I will tell you, on my dad's side of the family, the Kieran's were tough, man. They were, t they were, they still are tough. <laughs> they still are tough. So, so we ended up getting in this car and just driving north, and it was just me and my two sisters. And we were just crying and re I, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know where we were going to end up. And my sister Lisa, we found out later at 19, was trying to get custody of us. Whoa. Now Lisa, I must wow. say to this day, I mean, she, she is tough as nails. My sister is like a true matriarch. You know, she's like an Irish tough as nails, you know. And so we ended up, she was sort of, we got close to Uncle Jack's. And the closer we got to Uncle Jack's, I remember Lisa kind of had this vibe of like, fuck this. You know, so we ended up 
over the border up into British Columbia. Now, I, we didn't have passports, but back at the time, I, I don't know if that's like a, if you just go a little into Victoria back in the day, I don't think you needed passports, yeah. but we didn't have them. Okay. Yeah, I remember when we went to Toronto when I was a kid, okay. and we didn't need uh, passports. So there you go. Yeah. So it was, it was looser. Mm-hmm. So we ended up at a youth hostel. We ended up at a youth hostel <laughs> in British Columbia in a pouring rainstorm. And I remember we got checked into this hostel. I didn't know what a hostel was. It, it was this rundown shithole. Yep. And Lisa, she said, they said, no, the boys are on that side and the girls oh. are on that side. And I said, w- what? And Lisa goes, she, I remember, she, it makes me cry. She got down in my face. She goes, you just go over there. Just get your stuff laid out and just come over and then we're going to have dinner. They're going to have dinner for, for us. That sounds like a plan. I go, sounds like a plan. You know? So, so I've got my sleeping bag and my little zipper uh, suitcase. It was had a little zipper that went around. It was like corduroy, you know. And I felt like a man. Yeah. But not the, f- the closer I got to the men's dorm. It was a dorm, and I remember turning this corner, and it was like a gymnasium filled with bunk beds. Oh. And I found right next to the door this bunk, and I got up on the top of the bunk. And I leaned up against the wall. It was sort of cold because I was like, what am I leaning against? And it was a sign. And I turned around and the sign said, no smoking. And I turned around, I looked out and it was very, very dark. (laughs) And there were people that were obviously smoking. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, if they're capable of this. (laughs) Watch out. Right, right. What else are they talking about? So I shimmied down the the, the side of the um, of, of the edge of the bed and I uh, the bunk bed and I walked out into the hallway and I vomited wow. <laughs> out of sheer like and, and the the hippie women were like get his sisters <laughs> and so they brought my sisters and my sisters you know, got everything cleaned up and Lisa and they they wrapped me up in blankets and smuggled me into <gasps> the girls' side yeah. yeah and they hid me in swaddling I remember they laid me down again it makes me cry and they they just sat with me till I fell asleep. And they just sort of rocked me to sleep, you know. And we came, I, I woke up, and Lisa goes, wake up, we're, it's, we're going to have dinner now. And so it's pouring rain in Canada. We have no parents. <laughs> and I remember sitting on this hard bench, and they served us, like, I think it was like a cabbage leaf in hot water and a piece of, like, rock bread. And, and they brought it up. And Lisa, Lisa was wise, you know, so she goes, after they left, she thanked him, she goes, Here's the deal. <laughs> you guys finish this. If you eat this, I'm going to take you out. There's a liquor store around the corner, and we're going to get Cokes and candy bars. Oh. And so I looked at I Sheila. Lisa. Yeah, I love Lisa. I love Lisa, yeah. And so, and so we ate this dinner, air quote, <laughs> and we went around the corner, and we went into this little liquor store, and we got Cokes and we got candy bars. And this is in the 70s, okay? And the man had a very thick accent. And our total was, and I won't do his accent. Is he Canadian? I'm sorry. Yes, he was Canadian. Let's say that. Deep Canadian. But the total was 333. Your total is 333. And somehow the three numbers combined with how fucked we were combined with the fact that we had Cokes and candy bars 
and his accent all came together and we always said it sort of the sky ripped open for us and we ran outside in the rain in the dark and we danced wow in the rain and and to this day that number and when i pulled in tonight the car in front of me, there it was. There were the three, three, threes. To this day, my sisters and I, we got our lucky number all at the same time in the wow. same. Wow. Because in that, in that moment, we interpreted that moment to be like something, doesn't have a name other than these three numbers, something was with us that allowed us to feel like it was somehow going to be okay. Somehow it was going to be okay. So whenever I see that number... Whatever we see it, we'll text it or we'll call it or we'll point it out wow. to this day. And I was homeless for a year after that. We ended up with Uncle. I, I, we came down, we went to Jack's, and Jack put me to work. Mm. He was, yeah, it was a fucking, he was, Jack was um, <coughs> just a hard guy, man. He was <laughs> drunk by nine in the morning. And he was, uh, he was a, 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 a construction foreman. And I remember I, my job was to get under houses. and I was put to work at 11 years old into wow. the mines, you know, <laughs> into the mines. My dad's first job in the farm was they, they put a rope around his waist and they lowered him with dynamite to place, di- to place dynamite in these mines. They oh, my mine, God. They would mine silver. So I came from these people that's like, that's what you do with kids. You pour tie a rope around their waist and send them under the yeah. house to see if the foundation's stable. And I'm like, is that okay, Uncle Jack? Get in there. Oh my Go a little deeper. Oh and then God. he was like, he couldn't fucking stand the sight of me. And I remember he put me in a rowboat next to this house and said, just get out of my sight. While they were trying to get a ditch witch off of a trailer. You know what a ditch witch is? These big backhoes and shit. And Jack was drunk and trying to work this ditch wish and I remember I, I cornered a swan around this corner and I didn't know how to row, you know. And this swan attacked me oh, and, no. and attacked my boat. You don't they look beautiful, but if no, you corner vicious. they're vicious. Oh, yeah. And if you corner a swan, they get huge and scary. So anyway, I, I don't know where we are for time, but I'll I'll wind it up in that my sisters and I, we ended up I slept for a year on uh, at the at the McIntyre's house, while my mom was getting on her feet, she was on the flight deck, as they used to call it at UCLA, getting her wits back. And uh, we used to go visit her in her little dorm room at UCLA, which was, my mother was had lost her marbles, you know. And so we would go visit her, and she looked, she would do affirmations with us, and and then finally, the Jersey engines kicked in, and my mother came roaring back, Ooh. and that's a whole other story. But, <laughs> but we I ended up sleeping with the at the McIntyre house with Sheila, my sister Sheila, her best friend Lisa, their mother Dee, who was a saint, because she took us in. Dee McIntyre. Dee McIntyre, and Howard, <laughs> her boyfriend, who worked at an egg factory, what? and had a slight palsy and. <laughs> And the twins, Valerie and Vanessa, who were my age, who were just amazing. And to this day, I mean, my, my father's passed now, but, but if you had ever mentioned Dee to my father, my father would change the subject because he couldn't handle the, how that woman was a saint. Mm-hmm. He, could, he couldn't talk about it straight on. He'd look off and talk about the Hamptons getting a new roof <laughs> or they're thinking of getting solar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about anything but that woman 
what the, she did for you kids. So for a year, we didn't have a home. And then, like I said, when we did hit the ground running, holy cow, that's a whole other set of stories. The, the, the things went off the rails in a big way, in a great way. But Well, you have to come back. I'll have to come back. Wow. So anyway. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, check. All right, well, I just returned from a almost two-week road trip with my father. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, things that you should know about my father are that he's a military guy. Oh, my gosh, these. Grew up in a ranch, like, fucking hardcore. This is the way you do things, the only way you do things, and you cannot veer off the pathway. Um, so, which caused me a lot of stress, um, in coming out as well, first telling him about my relationship with Mary Jo, that was a big that was a big deal. I was con concerned that I would never see him again, mm -hmm. and then I had to come out a second time as transgender, and I was convinced that he was not going to be able to tolerate that and whatever. And um, uh, but he surprised me each time, which was fucking amazing. I mean, he had, he's he's a Trump voter. <laughs> he watches Fox News and listens to Fox News all day long. He watches Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yes, and he watches Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> and thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> new quick, honey. Yeah, so, so, I mean, he's been like this tough guy in my life and, and um, has in, in the past not had anything good to say about gay people and was very aggressive and super scary, frightening guy growing up. Um, so I've carried all of this stuff with me. So uh, earlier this year, and this is after after coming out these two times and having him surprise surprise me uh, by not being get away from me. I never want to see you again. Um, he called me this year and wanted to know if I wanted to go on a road trip, which was which I was sort of scared about, but I was I was mainly excited because this was, was the first and only time that he's asked me to do something where it was like not an not out of my obligation like I didn't feel that I had to do it out of some weird obligation to maintain this fucked up relationship with my father um, because there had been these two events that were like wow you're you're like open and not shunning me yeah. yeah he showed up for me so mm. so I um, I went on the <laughs> I went on this road trip oh and, oh, this is, an, sorry, other details you need to know. So I have been on testosterone um, as a part of my transition for over two years, but he had not seen me in person oh, in wow. all of that time. So yeah. so uh, I look different. Wow. <laughs> I look really different. <laughs> you look just like him. And I look just <gasps> like him, and my voice has become gravelly, and it's we're almost kind of like weird twins. <laughs> we're like weird generational <laughs> yeah. twins. Um, uh, but yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, this could be like really, I was worried that he wasn't going, I was worried that he would need time to mourn the person that he hmm. has thought that I am. Um, and so I'm worried about like emotional stuff because I don't get emotional and I don't want him to get emotional. So anyway, whatever. Uh, so, so that, that's all the stuff that I'm going into this trip with. Um, so, but I'm excited and I'm, I'm excited to go and we're like talking a lot in between before we're going to go, which, and then I was 
I was going to have a conversation with him that was like, hey, you might want to know that I look physically different. And then I kind of chickened out and wasn't able to have that conversation. So I'm like, fuck it. We're just going to, we're going to fucking do it in the moment. <laughs> and, um, uh, Wait, he hasn't seen pictures of you at this like Oh, I allowed him to be on my Facebook. So he has seen, I take a weekly portrait of, of myself to document the transition. So he has been able to see that. But, he, but my physical body is so, like, all the fat has shifted around and I don't have, I don't have, I don't have boobs anymore. Like, it's, it's very different. Um, so, so I decided that I was also going to do, like, a photo, like, a photo essay of this trip. And so I, so in a way that was kind of like a nice way for me to be able to focus my attention on this creative aspect and deal with my anxiety about stuff. But um, anyway, so I get there first and I'm going to go to the hotel and check in and he's, we're going to, uh, we're going to drive around Utah. So I go to, we're both flying into Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, we're both flying into Salt Lake. Hey, we're going to go to Utah. Let's, let's take What's a road trip to Utah. warm, nurturing yeah. place. Yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Why is it going to Utah? Yeah. Um, we had done we had done part of Utah on a previous road trip that was like fucking torture when I didn't want to be. I have I have as I said up until this trip, every every time that I've been confronted with having to spend time with him, it's been like this very stressful, don't want to do it obligation, um, and then and then in that. In that particular trip, it was like being in prison. <laughs> it was horrible in a, a tight quarters for a couple of weeks. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so... Because you couldn't be yourself. <clears throat> right, 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 because I couldn't... That was the thing, because I could never be myself. That's another thing I have to say. I like, used to live my life as a shapeshifter around him, hmm. around many people, but definitely around him. I have to figure out, like, what is the most acceptable version of myself that I believe he can tolerate. So it was always like this metamorphosis of who I was. It was this weird, I, I don't know, this weird fucked up version of anybody. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so we're going to Salt Lake City. I fly in first. I go get the, I go get the hotel. And there's like three hours that I have to wait. So I'm like, so I can like stew about it, which I was a little bit uh, worried about this first this first time laying eyes on on me, but um, I I take a nap. I was supposed to change my clothes. Mary Jo told me I had to change my clothes, but <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing this dumpy shirt. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? So uh, so <laughs> so he calls me. He's off the plane. He's gonna go pick up the car. He's cussing and very frustrated because he can't get his GPS to work and can't figure out where this hotel is. And I'm like. Whatever he finally makes it, so we're instead of him instead of him coming up to the room, we're gonna meet in the lobby. So I'm like, okay, cool, we're gonna meet in the lobby, and um, I go down, and he's I I can see him as I get off the elevator. He's standing outside smoking a cigarette, and um, there was just this moment of there was this moment of like acknowledgement, like he could acknowledge that it was me, first of all, recognize that it was me. And I don't know, it was like, in, in like just a split second, everything that needed to be said about the transition or physical differences was just okay. It was just, 
it was just fine. And we never, well, that's not true. We didn't never talk about it, but we never like, we never, like I never said, hey, don't I look different? <laughs> he didn't say, hey, you look real different. Um, there, was, there was none of that. There was just like this, this moment of acknowledgement. And then, and then it was, it was, it was fine. It was like, it was like all of the stress that I was carrying with it as a potential, like this could be hard was just released at that. And then it was just normal, like me and my dad time. And it was kind of like back to the, back to the olden days before things got shitty and fucked up. Cause my parents got divorced and their divorce was pretty rough too. And, um, so anyway, so we're on this two week trip and we're going to drive through Utah and, and, and it was, I mean, it was beautiful and it was majestic and, oh, speaking of like motel rooms too, like we stayed in like some real skank ass, <laughs> really skanky ass motels that make amazing photographs, mm -hmm. but you're very concerned about bed bugs and hookers and stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, pull back the sheets and check for both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a map here? Like, is there like... No, we don't even have a plan, which is a, which is another thing. Like, like he's like he's like Mr. Plan. Like you have to get up at five. Eight, five. Like he he was so relaxed. He did not make me listen to Fox News without me having to say it. Like he just didn't listen to Fox News. Like so he was doing his stuff <laughs> yeah. to be like compromise or whatever. Cool. Yeah, to be like mm -hmm. I don't know. That was that was what was so great about the trip. It was like this rediscovery of our relationship when it was when I was a kid when it was okay yeah. like now I'm just his kid and he's just my father without any fucking baggage without any like I don't know it was weird it was like in that moment of like laying eyes on each other it was like everything that was could have been said or needed to be said was said with eyeballs in, in, in a moment and then and then all that shit all that like mountains of crap that i've been wading through in my relationship with him was just gone it was it wasn't there anymore so so um and also too another thing that i that i really noticed was you know you could think that you're in a car you're in these motel rooms. You're sharing a room with your dad who's not <laughs> not wearing underwear at night. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he has to get up to pee a lot <laughs> in the middle of the night. I hadn't heard that detail. I afraid it just came to, I just yeah, remembered yeah. it. Sleeps in the buff? <laughs> Sleeps in the buff. He gets and, hot. Yeah, he gets, yeah, he, something. He gets hot and has to pee a lot, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm... I'm, I'm gonna conveniently roll. Just a couple roll. of dudes in a cheap motel room. <laughs> yeah, I just come yeah. up. Well, uh, oh, and that's it. Well, that's the other thing too. I should say is that mm. uh, one of the things uh, one of the things I wanted to achieve on this trip was was a was a like a knowing each other again, like who we actually fucking are, who I actually fucking am, who he actually fucking is, without without my frosting of shit like without my story about it like he's trump trump supporter he's fox news guy he's mm. blah 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 like i wanted to go in with like just be free of that who are you actually at this point in your life and i'm gonna show you exactly who the fuck i am at this point in my life and we fucking did it
fucking did that shit. Did that shit. And, and, and um, so part of it, like, I, I had to go in and be like, okay, my father's going to dead name me the whole time. I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to give him a wide berth. Tell, tell me what that means. Oh, and dead naming is just using my old, my old mm-hmm. name. And then I know that my father is going to use the wrong pronouns the whole time. I'm going to be okay with that. I want to give him room just like I want room. And he gave me, like, his version of room, like, not subjecting me to, you know, two weeks of Fox News on the radio. boring room. Yeah, but doo-wop on the other hand. Lots of fucking doo-wop. So much fucking 50s music. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, me and my dad loved it. Why don't you suggest some bluegrass? Like, see if you can find a middle ground. Yep. No, no, he's got to watch. It's not Fox News. I can deal with doo-wop, but it it is making me insane. And Beach Boys. (laughs) Oh, yeah, anytime a Beach Boys song would come. Well, that would when he would be doing this. Like, we'd break into the 60s a little bit, and then... um, I'd be like, phew. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. How can you account for the change in him? You know what? I, I, this is what I feel it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that every person in your life, like, people always say, like, talk about the, you know, transitioning around me, like, you know, transitioning. Well, we're all, we all fucking transition. We all do. We, we all do mm-hmm. and I think that my father was an unaccepting aggressive kind of person but he's on a journey too and so my my stuff that I had with him that made our relationship very uncomfortable for me to be around him was my lack of allowing him to evolve as a person mm-hmm. and I'm not saying every fucking person evolves as a person who can accept their child as being transgender, in my particular case, because, uh, you know, some people can't. But uh, but he did, and he showed me, and, uh, and I showed... We were, like, exactly who the fuck we are. Didn't need him to be some... I didn't need him to shapeshift, and I didn't need to shapeshift. So... And he brought it up once, right? Brought what up once? Your transition... Well, I brought it up. I brought up for him. I asked him if he, if this trip, if any part of this trip had been hard in, in, in terms of my transitioning. And he said that it really hadn't been like he thought it was going to be. And, mm. and uh, yeah. I mean, because he was very, like, Women are supposed to be like the. I mean, he was like that with everything. Like, yeah. this is the way you are. This is the way you do it. This is, you know, you don't stray from the line, whatever that is. Women are this. Men are this. You are my child, so you will be this. You know, whatever, whatever that stuff was. But, um, yeah, and I'm so, like, I'm so glad that it wasn't <laughs> hard for him. Like, hard in the way that he thought it was going to be hard. I just love that that proves he thought about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had a, at least a moment of thinking about it. Of having things Before the trip. Yeah. And, and so at least he has some awareness. That really mm. touched me. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like in a car, like driving around, looking at all this majestic shit, this majestic deserty shit, <laughs> which was fucking beautiful and 
you know, like I have my camera and I've got all my lenses and stuff and I'm like, you know, pull over here and he's missing the mark by 20 feet. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I'm going to get out and take a picture of this poorly composited photograph. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and then I took, oh yeah. And then I took pictures uh, in most of the rooms that we stayed in. I took a portrait of he and I in the room, uh, which I'm probably going to put that together as a book, but blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, oh, and then something else that occurred to me too was like the, you know, you're like in a car, you're in a road trip, and you could be in a car in a road trip with anybody on the road for hours and hours, which was every single day. And then being in the hotel room together with my naked father. <laughs> but like, that's a lot of time that you're together, right? And a lot of miles when you're in a car that could seem boring like oh god we're you know gonna drive this route. it's gonna be quiet. so boring yeah he doesn't talk a lot um and it was like there wasn't a single fucking breath of it that was boring you know what i mean like mm. it was so it was so profound to be able to make this this relationship journey and kind of be back where we started from before it like came to shit and that was just from authenticity it was just from being fucking real people and uh i'm so fucking grateful i'm so grateful for that you know he's he's um in his 70s and smoking <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, you know i'm i'm where i am in my age um, <laughs> the age that I am. Um, and I don't see, I really don't see either of my parents that often. It's not like, hey, you know, let's hang out for Easter and then I'll see you again Fourth of July. Like it's years, often it's years in between when I lay eyes on my parents. And so uh, we were in the airport and we had hours to kill another one of these like hours of things to do <laughs> that would normally be so aggressively boring but it just wasn't um i was i don't know what exactly happened i don't know if i was like i mean i was so grateful that we were at this place and then and then like i don't know i started to think he oh Oh, now I remember what it was. Okay. <laughs> now I remember what it was. So we're hanging out, and he goes, he's hanging out at the airport, and he turns to me and says, I wanted to ask you, um, when the time comes, do you want to take my medals? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, this is a fucking, mil you know, career military guy. Those are his highest life, his life's highest achievements, and um, it's his identity. Oh yeah, and you'll notice that if you look at these pictures, and, and I'll I'll throw a link on here um, when we post the the podcast. But um, every single photograph of my father, every garment, every garment has navy emblazoned on it. <laughs> navy hat, navy socks, navy, navy shirt, navy shorts, you know, like, I've, maybe his shoes were not navy, but I'm sure he <laughs> bought them at the navy exchange. Um, so, like, I mean, this is, this is the navy, and it, it, that's his whole life. His whole life is that. And then I, and then I, <laughs> I was just, 
fucking trying not to sob in the middle of the airport, like trying to like keep it together because suddenly it was like, oh no, now there's this mortality thing. Like we just got here, yeah. you know, we just got here. And, um, I mean, we, none of us know what, how long we have, but it was just like, fuck, we just fucking got here. <laughs> how sad that's going to be one day. And, uh, at least it happened now, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm so fucking grateful. I'm yeah. so grateful. And um and then and then we, I I walked him to the gate. So we're talking about other stuff and thank God we're like we have phones to look at. Televisions on the Oh, oh god. Distractions. I mean, keep it together. Um and then uh and then when it was time for him to go to the gate, I don't think that he could I think I was hiding it pretty well. Before, so I, he didn't have any like prior knowledge. I think that I was gonna fucking start bawling. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by but, the way, he never does. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I never do. And um, and I just hugged him and I started crying and I was like, I just, I just, I love you. I just love you. And I'm so glad that we got to do this. And um, and then I he. He definitely seemed sort of stunned, <laughs> and you know we embraced, and he was like getting absorbed by people going to the gate to get to board the plane, and uh, and he lost sight of me. I could see him like looking for me, and uh, and then we just said something dumb like "text me when you get," home. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like so stupid, but. Um, I'm so fucking glad. I'm just so... I'm so fucking glad that I can have... I can have my father. I've, I really have felt all my life that if he knew certain things or if I was a certain way, I wouldn't... He wouldn't... He wouldn't be my... He wouldn't want to be my father anymore. And, um, and all of that stuff, all of that shit that I believed was just fucking blown up on this trip and, and and there's no residual of any of that left it's all like i know one million percent for sure that he's there and it doesn't none of this other stuff that i thought mattered did like he's my fucking dad and he's not ashamed of me or i mean he's none of that stuff None of that stuff that I believed he couldn't handle. Hey, it's a fucking rock. Yay! I gave myself. Mary Jo. Is it my home. turn? It All is. right. Um, I'm going to tell a story about traveling with my mom. And um, I will say this. I have traveled with my mom a lot. Um, and I tried to make a list. We've traveled to New York and Chicago and San Francisco and Flagstaff, Arizona, and Nevada City, and Baltimore several times. Baltimore, as she would say. Baltimore. Baltimore. Um, Hawaii, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've been up and down the California coast many times, Phoenix. Um, and uh, what does that say? I don't know what that says. I can't tell what that says. I don't yeah. know what that is. Um, and uh, we tr we've traveled together a lot. And I think um, my, my mom... I think, I don't know if my mom would agree with, with this, and uh, I'm almost a little uncomfortable saying it. I think that my mom would not take trips if I didn't go with her. Um, my mom 
Um, I think my mom and I have a a relationship where I take care of her a lot. And that's not abnormal. I think I'm the oldest child. I'm the oldest of five. And I remember even if we're not traveling, like we went to Santa Barbara, where my cousin lives, uh, for this sort of gathering. This was many years ago. But there were a lot of people in this condo. And I remember this very vividly because this sort of, to me, I, I remember my mom wasn't feeling well that weekend, I think. We drove up. Um, it was a lot of energy in the small space. And I was just very tuned into her and just sort of keeping an eye on her. And um, she started coughing at one point. I brought her some water. And this woman, who I did not know, came up to me and put my hand, her hand on my shoulder and said, when she dies, you'll be free. <gasps> so it's this really weird thing. But to me, it's sort of, I know, it's a very shocking thing to say, but I, I do think... Mom, if you're listening, don't die. Um, <laughs> I do think that, um, that was there's good. probably some truth to that a little bit of like, I do feel a responsibility to take care of my mother. I do feel a responsibility, not the when she does, it'll be free part, but sort of she picked up on this thing of I'm very tuned into my mother and I'm always on the lookout for my mother and I'm always sort of taking care of my mother. And, and that is particularly true on the road. Um <clears throat> So, which sort of sounds like I'm setting up a dark story, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I just sort of... Um, My mom wanted a sandwich, and I sensed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, bread and cheese does come into play here. Um, so for my mother's 70th birthday, so we've taken all these trips. This is the first time that my mother and I left the country together. So that's the first time for this. And my mother's 70th birthday, she had never been to Europe. She had been to Japan once when she was dating a wealthy lawyer. She brought us back kimonos. Um, And I did not go on that trip. Um, And that was a, a long, long time ago. And I was probably, I think I was probably like a teenager maybe. So this was very, that was a very long time ago. And as she's gotten older, she's less likely to travel. Um, but um, that's how, I'm like, you know, she likes to keep her routine so she can poop. So she just likes to stay <laughs> in time Regular. zones. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Regular, yeah. Sure. So, but for her 70th birthday, I was like, Mom, I'm going to take you wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go in Europe? And I thought that she would give me some sort of like top 40 answers like Paris or <laughs> London. Like, you know, you want to go to, you've never been to Europe. Where mm-hmm. are you going to go? Mm-hmm. So her response, and it was, we had two weeks and I figured she was, it was her 70th birthday. We were also traveling with um, my, this woman, Nancy, who's sort of, a, sort of a second mother to me, grew up with me, and she and my mom are very close. And she's, a, she's an easy traveler, Nancy. She and I have traveled before together. We actually also went to like a walled city, it was, uh, in Quebec City, uh, another city that's like surrounded by a wall. <laughs> anyway, a lot of parallels here. Smith, Shaw, totally get it. I was on a no-fly list for a long time because Mary Smith, yeah. So, um, right. So, uh, so I said, "I'm with Where you want to go?" So the two, I, I figured, two countries for two little old ladies and me would be plenty. We're not going to try to bop around and do, you know, ten countries in ten days. So, my mother said she wanted to go to Denmark because um, of their amazing socialist system. And um, <laughs> that's why she wanted to go. And she wanted to go to Holland also because of their system, but also because she wanted to be able to smoke marijuana publicly, le- in public legally once in her life. So this was before it became legal here. She wanted to go to Amsterdam. 
So I was like, this trip is going to be awesome. Um, I had been to Amsterdam a couple times. If you listen to, I'm sure I've talked about getting robbed in Amsterdam. Yeah, first time I went abroad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I love Amsterdam and, uh, it was just on yes. the break saying to my, to Michael it. that, uh, if, at top of my list, if I, if, if the election doesn't go the way we want it to go in November, I'm going to Amsterdam. Um, so, uh, off we went. So Denmark was beautiful. We went to the Tivoli Gardens, which is like this uh, old uh, amusement park. It's like 19th century amusement park with like Ooh. old roller coasters and carousel my mother's favorite ride is ride. the carousel yes mm. it's well taken care of it's denmark so everything's very expensive has like a 96 percent tax on everything so it's everything's in tip-top shape it's spotless people are really nice but a bottle of water is like 75 dollars <laughs> um but it's fabulous and we stayed in a little boutique hotel and everybody was getting along and um it was like this little i don't know it's just a lovely denmark it was just lovely everything about denmark is lovely it's like a little gift everywhere you go mm-hmm. it's just clean and the people were nice and yes it was expensive but it didn't matter because we're socialists. And, and if you're from Denmark, <laughs> you're, uh, you're Dutch? You're, you're Dane. Dane. You're a Dane. You're a Dane. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, really gorgeous. And my mother's, the big, the mecca for my mother in Denmark was, oh, and part of this was my, my mother's father, who was a doctor and who... Uh, was in charge of a lot of mass units during World War II, and at one point had been MIA. Had uh, um, when he'd returned, he had talked about Denmark and talked about the socialist system. And my mother is very much a mama's or father's daughter, and so there was a lot of like thinking about her long deceased father during this trip, and sort of like it was very emotional for her, I think, which is sort of odd because it has nothing to do with our gene pool at all. It was just her father happened to mention. Denmark after being <laughs> lost during the war. So who the hell knows what happened to him in Denmark? But um, the big mecca for her was the Hans Christian Andersen statue of the Little Mermaid that she was absolutely... Oh, and I should mention that um, she really wanted to take this trip so that we would be in Holland when the tulips were in bloom. Mm-hmm. She like really wanted to see that beautiful sea of tulips. And I work in um, television at a time you don't take time off I work in entertainment marketing, and anybody that works in entertainment marketing will tell you, you upfront season is May. You don't, you no, you can't take time off. Your job will say no. And um, I had said, like I was just starting a new job. They had just offered me the job, and I said yes, but I have to take the spring off to take my mother to Europe for her seventieth birthday. So it was like a big deal that we were going for tulip season. She was very excited about. It. Anyway, Denmark, we go to the. Um, <laughs> It's cold and it's raining. It's um, but but lovely. It, it's it's not miserable cold and raining because when you're traveling, cold and raining is just poetic and romantic and fantastic, and you don't care because you don't have to be anywhere. And if your makeup runs, you just put it back on. Um, <laughs> and we went to see the Little Mermaid statue, which is a, a fairly decent size. It's probably like the size of like a 11, 12 year old girl um, mermaid. <laughs> sit up on a, it's a bronze and it sits on a rock and it's. Um, just on the edge of the water and you can get to it but it's not you're not it's not designed to get to it they don't really want people to get to it you're supposed to see it from kind of above on a walkway um, which was at the time in full bloom with lilacs it was just beautiful which is my favorite flower and my mother's favorite flowers and very east coast which is where we're from and so to have that sort of happening is you just don't see walls of lilacs in southern california and just smelled so good, and it was just gorgeous, and it was just a beautiful, wonderful gray 
Denmark day. It was like amazing. And my mother's like, well, I have to touch the mermaid statue. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you cannot touch the mermaid statue. We don't turn to no, she's I came all this way. I'm touching the mermaid statue. She's 70 years old, climbs over the fence. I'm like, well, I have to go with her, right? This is my job. I gotta go with my mother. She so cl- like, she scaled a fence. She well, not a fence, but like a, you know, like a stanchions with like a chain, oh. big chain or whatever. Like, keep off the grass, yeah. but here she's going. Um <laughs> And, uh, and it's raining, and the rocks are slippery, and Nancy's like, you guys are fucking nuts. I'm not taking this walk with you. Like, I'm going to stay up here with the lilac wall. And so, you know, I, I helped my mother climb down to the mermaid statue, and she wept, and she rubbed the statue, and it was really beautiful. It was just this lovely moment, and we climbed back up. It was like, she did it. She did this thing, right? So that was Denmark, and then we... We packed up and we flew to Holland and um, and we did like all of the kind of stuff that I would never do on my, like we had a guided bus tour with a bunch of little old ladies, you know, and like I'm the <laughs> youngest person by two decades on this bus tour with all these, but it was wonderful, like much like you were saying, like <clears throat> about the trip with your dad of just like, just going with the flow. I'm not trying to like force her to do, like I'm like, let's go, we could do 17 countries, but we're just taking our time. <laughs> And in, in in Holland, we rented an apartment instead of a, um, a hotel. So we were all together. And it was the first time I'd ever used an electric kettle. I immediately came home and bought an electric kettle. They're amazing. They're amazing. Um, and we had found this little store. My mother was so excited. She bought this giant wheel of Gouda and this big piece of bread. And she talks still talks about it. Remember that time we ate all that cheese? Um, <laughs> I was like, yes, I do. It was wonderful. And Nancy sort of got bored with us, and she would sort of wander off and take pictures. But but we had such a good time. Like, we took this little canal boat ride, and we went to, on the, when we were on the bus tour, we were on our way to see the tulips for the first time in the history of Amsterdam or Holland. There were no tulips. Oh, no. It was so long. So I was determined, like, anything that looked like a tulip, I was going to buy it for my mother. I bought her an umbrella. That The handle, if you turn it upside down, it looks like a tulip. Uh, a T-shirt with a tulip. Look, Mom, look, that lipstick. It looks like a tulip. Don't use it. It'll always look like a tulip. Um, I felt so terrible that we'd traveled all this way for no tulips. Um, but beautiful architecture tours and um, and... My mother was like, so excited, like, we're going to get stoned. Like, this is like a big deal. We're going to get stoned in public. So we went to a brown cafe, and um, and um, we're looking through the little, like, it, this, was, this was a place where um, the countertop at this little cafe was clear glass and lit, and then underneath it is all of the different strains of marijuana that you could purchase, which now is not a big deal. Only go anywhere and up the street here and buy pot but at the time it was that was like you know it was a big deal so um and she's like a kid she's a kid in a candy store she's just like so excited look at all this weed and my mother and if you've heard <laughs> listen to this podcast you know that my mother is an old hippie my mother smokes weed all the time she goes out in her bare feet with the bong to the garage at my brother said like it's not a big deal but she wanted to do it legally in public and uh and the guy so she's asking questions and the guy goes oh and we have these brownies and um, and my mother was like, oh, a brownie, that like, sounds like a really good idea. And he's like, but they're really potent, so you might want to wait and do this one tomorrow. And we were like, okay, great. So we bought the brownie, and um, we, went, we had whatever we did that night. We got stoned or whatever, and it was really great. 
And then we went back to the the apartment where we were staying. And then the next morning, I think I went like to the store or something. And I was, and my mother's like, "I'm gonna have some brownie." And I was like, "Some brownie? Mm. <laughs> I need you to have a piece of brownie because you don't, you know, with edibles, you never know yeah. how strong it's gonna be." And this is a brownie in Amsterdam, so like, let's just take it easy. Start with a crumb, you know, like let's just slice <laughs> off a small yeah. amount, and I'll be right back. Um, so oh, no. I leave and I come back, and my mother the 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 apartment had this like big kind of like day bed that was just like a big just king size mattress and my mother is perched on the edge of the mattress and just sort of sitting as I walk into the house almost as if I just caught her doing something and I look at her and I said what's the matter because something was up and she said I think that that brownie was a dud I think that it was fake. I think we got ripped off. Oh. Except she said it like this. I think that brownie was fake. I think we got ripped off. Oh! She was so fucking high. She was crawling out of her skin high. She was, and Nancy was, Nancy was like, so, Nancy was so over us because we were just being absurd and ridiculous like the whole time. Nancy doesn't smoke pot. It was like, whatever. I mean, she was being wonderful. Nancy was wonderful. And she's a photographer, so she'd wander around taking pictures and make fun of us and whatever. I love Nancy. We're actually traveling next weekend, my whole family, to San Francisco for Nancy's 75th birthday. So the traveling continues. So my mother's just wasted, just so stoned. And the rest of the day was me. She wanted to go out into the city. And I was like, all right, here we go. My mother's wasted. And we're wandering through Amsterdam, which is a city full of bicyclists. And I spent the entire day going, Mom, bike! Bike, my bike. No, and she's deaf, and like she's just wandering through the streets, and like just people on their bikes going, you know, ringing their bells, and she's just oblivious. Um, and How then much brownie had she had? She ate the whole brownie. Oh, no. She ate the whole brownie. Oh, no. um, so that night, though, that night, my mother and I, hand arm in arm, just the two of us, walked through the red light district, and smoked a joint together in public. At, at night and looked up at the windows and sort of talked about, you know, like, what do you think about the women in the windows? And, you know, do you have any judgment about that? Um, so my mother sort of like, I think it's liberating and wonderful. And um, just had this magical, clear, beautiful sky night. And we had done all the other stuff too, right? Like we'd gone to the Anne Frank Museum and we'd gone to the all the different kinds of museums. We'd done all that. And I love Amsterdam. I just, the canals, it's so beautiful. It's very Paris-like, but not Paris. Um, it's not French. Um, and we just had this amazing night of just walking through the red light district, arm in arm, smoking a joint with my mom at the end of this trip. And, um, and it, yeah, and that, was, that was sort of it. It was just had this amazing time with my mom. And on, honestly, I think that when we were both stoned, I think I felt a little less pressure to take care of her. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, but it was just an amazing, yeah. fun, wonderful, memorable trip. And I called her today because um, I wanted to I wanted to ask a couple questions about tonight and she was like oh god are you going to tell the story about the brownie <laughs> and I said yeah is that okay she's like yes go ahead tell the story about the brownie and then she was like I can't believe that was uh, 11 years ago already and I was like do you want to go on another trip no I can, you know I just like to poop and I like to you know <laughs> she likes to keep her bowels going she has her routine you know 
So travel does messy. Travel does messy. So that's my story. Um, Yay! All right, let's go around the room and have everybody tell people where they can find you. Twitter shows, Stephen. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'll be with Impro Theater from now to the end of the year, um, doing our holiday show, of course, in December. And then we're doing Jane Austen again, Improvised Jane Austen at the Broad. And then uh, January 2019, YouTube Red, uh, I'm... The show Wayne will be streaming. Yes, yes. And I play Sergeant Geller from the Brockton Mass Police Department. Are you on any social medias? You know, I'm on Instagram and I the Facebook, but I'm learning <laughs> that I'm not out there enough. I need to learn a little bit more. So um, I'm yes, I guess that's not all bad. That's about all. Yeah, I can say. That's good. Right. That's enough. Yeah. Hi. I'm Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. Just came here. I was late. Really super late. Welcome. Um, nice to meet you. Um, okay, so I do shows all the time. I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well. I desperately need the followers. Like, I have, like, no followers. Well, tell them your handles because that sure. will help. <laughs> At Chris L. Farah. So C-H is the first two letters. <laughs> and then the word Chris the normal way. And then L is in Lebanese, if you heard my story. <laughs> Farah, like my mother's maiden name and my dad's name, with one R. F-A-R-A. F-A-R-A-H. Okay, H. so it's okay. C-H-R-I-S-L-F-A-R-A-H. <laughs> and I also do uh, have a YouTube channel where I do, I talk about stupid reality shows. I do recaps for uh, stupid reality shows. Like if you're in 90 Day Fiance, I'm very into that right now. You can follow me at... <laughs> Uh, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chris Farah. And other than that, I, I don't know if this is going to be bought, but I did a CW pilot last week. It was mm. called Discontinued. It's like a talking head thing. Cool. I do that a lot. Oh, cool. Nice. Check. Uh, all of my social media stuff is uh, uh, at Chick Photo. Um, I'm mainly mostly on Instagram. Um, so visit me on Instagram. And then my uh, website is tchickmcclure.com or tchickphoto.com. It'll get you to the same place. And uh, and that's that. Hal, do you have something to shamelessly plug? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, you can find me on the gram, uh, at Hal Rudnick, yeah. H-A-L-R-U-D-N-I-C-K, and also Twitter, uh, at Hal Rudnick. And uh, I'm hosting a show on YouTube called Movie Fights Every Week. It's a movie debate show on the Screen Junkies uh, YouTube channel. And uh, coming up in November, on November 17th, uh, Saturday, midnight, UCB, my long-running show, The Tournament of Nerds. Big deal uh, show. Oh, it's always a good time. Okay. Uh, come on out if you are in uh, Los Angeles. And thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thank this you, amazing. Thank, thank you, Thanks, Hal. Michael? You know... Why don't you just talk about our Netflix show, Colleen? Yeah. And that'll yes. cover me, okay? You okay. go ahead. Um, okay, I will. Uh, so it's Colleen, it's a, uh, what, what is it? It's Colleen Smee, C-O-L-L-S-M-I, <laughs> on Twitter. Colleen Marie Smee, very Irish, mm-hmm. on uh, <laughs> Instagram. Uh, we uh, November 1st is when this comes out, and November 3rd and 4th is when we're doing Puppet Up on the Henson lot in Los Angeles, if you live in L.A. 
But also, Michael Ostrom and I are in a show called The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell, mm-hmm. which is on Netflix. It will have already been out. It premieres uh, October 12th, which is, tim- no, not tomorrow. It's this Friday. This Friday. Right. Right uh, so hopefully you'll, you'll be able to Streaming stream now. it and binge it. Mary Jo? Oh, hi. I'm Mary Jo. Uh, Twitter, I'm at Mary Jo LA. On Instagram, I'm at Mary Jo underscore LA. And on Facebook, it's Mary Jo Smith. And I'm really wanting to get off Facebook, which I can't believe. Me too. Yeah. Well, uh, Ian, who will provide the music and edit this, is at Ian Screams. At Ian Screams on all platforms. And, um, and also, you guys, please review us on... Uh, the thing where the podcast happens. iTunes. iTunes. Uh, and like subscribe, us. And subscribe. And like us and all those kind of things. Our Facebook page has a lot of extra pictures. Chick manages the website that has the beautiful photos and bios of our guests. And uh, go back and listen to past episodes. They're real great. They are real great. Uh, thanks, you guys. Yeah, have a wonderful November. Yeah. See you in December. Yeah. Celebrate. Yeah, turkey time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay! Yay!